Welcome to the Danny Picard Show on the Podcast One Network, Monday, October 21st, 2019, from the Beantown USA studio. Beantown USA is Boston's home for customized screen printing and embroidery. Get more information on their website, beantownusa.com. On today's show, I will react to week seven in the NFL as we get set for Patriots Jets tonight on Monday Night Football. The Patriots, even though they didn't play on Sunday, they are still in the news, of course. They were in the news over the weekend with Tom Brady's cameo in a new Netflix comedy series. And uh, I'm not going to spend too much time on it because I do think it's a waste of everybody's time. However, because some people decided to go down to Gillette Stadium and uh, cause a scene in front of Tom Brady's locker, I do have some thoughts on this Tom Brady cameo on this Netflix series. I didn't watch the whole episode. I just saw the minute clip, right? I think it was like a minute, minute and a half on Twitter over the weekend. I was out of town over the weekend, so I was kind of out of the loop. But I did get caught up on some things. I did get caught up on some reactions that people had to this. And I think for the most part, it's a waste of everybody's time. But like I said, I do have some thoughts on it, so I will share those thoughts and the World Series is set. We have Houston and Washington. The Houston Astros and the Wild Card Washington Nationals. They will play game one of the World Series tomorrow night on Tuesday night. I'll give a mini preview into this World Series and I guess react to what we saw at the end of the Astros Yankees ALCS. All of it today presented by Bet Online. Sign up for a free account at betonline.ag and use promo code PODCAST1 to receive a 50% sign up bonus. That's promo code PODCAST1 for a 50% sign up bonus. BetOnline.ag, the exclusive partner of Podcast One Sportsnet. Today's show is also presented by DraftKings. You can play for free at draftkings.com or on the DraftKings app by using promo code PIC, PIC. That's promo code PIC, P-I-C, and you can play for free this Sunday in the $1.3 million play action contest for Week 8 in the NFL. Just Sunday's games, $1.3 million in total prizes with $100,000 going to first place. And again, play for free. You have a chance to win $100,000 for free by signing up using promo code PIC, P-I-C. That's promo code PIC, P-I-C, at DraftKings. Dot com. Welcome to the show. I look back at week seven and uh, I went three and two with my picks. All right. Three and two. Uh, that's better than what I did last week at 0 and 5. So three and two. It's an improvement. I'll be back on Thursday to get my picks for week eight in which I hope to be better than three and two. But now my record on the season against the spread is 14 and 21. My only losses were Houston in Indianapolis, I took the Texans, a one-point dog against the Colts in Indy. Jacoby Brissett with a nice day there with four touchdown passes and no interceptions. Indy beats Houston. Uh, I'll get to that game a little bit more in my Week 7 takeaways, my top five takeaways from Sunday slate in Week 7. But Houston, they were one of my one of my two losses with picks picks. And then Chicago at home against New Orleans. New Orleans continues to win without Drew Brees. And now all eyes on Drew Brees to see if he's going to return maybe for week eight for the Saints. But uh, I took the Bears minus three and a half at home against New Orleans and Chicago could not get it done. Even Mitch Trubisky said after that game, their offense just has no identity. 
just no identity. Th- that was in Chicago, and they were having headset issues with play calling and, like, the coaches calling Trubisky over to him. I'm just like, shouldn't you be more prepared for this with, like, hand signals or something just in case things go wrong? But that's the difference between the Patriots and everybody else, right? When the Patriots' headset goes out, I, I think they're, they're a little bit more prepared than what Chicago looked to be. Now, I think that was an issue. I was watching it as I traveled home uh, last night, and uh, late last night, I was I was kind of watching some replay stuff, and, and I, I did not have headphones. So I was just kind of watching it, not listening. But it looked like Chicago was having headset issues giving the plays into Trubisky. And, and when that was happening in their own building, they are losing their minds. You shouldn't lose your minds like that. You should be a little bit more prepared if, if, th- if things go wrong, if stuff like that goes wrong. Anyways, Chicago, that was a loss for me, a frustrating loss at home uh, for the Bears. Uh, and, and those are my two losses, Houston and Chicago. I went 3-2. and two. My wins were Green Bay. Uh, they whooped Oakland, or at least they put up 40. Aaron Rodgers had a big day. And then I had Minnesota over Detroit. This one didn't look great early, but Minnesota pulled it out. And uh, they put up 40 points as well. And uh, so you look at Green Bay, you look at Minnesota, two big wins for me. And then I think my biggest win was Baltimore. I told you Baltimore would go into Seattle and beat the Seahawks, and they did. Baltimore was a three-point dog, and Baltimore goes in. And that, that was... I should have made that my lock of the week. The more I thought about it as games went on Sunday, like as games played out, I'm thinking of it going, I should have taken Baltimore as my lock. And I told you my reasoning for taking Baltimore to go into Seattle and winning was stupid is as stupid does, and the NFL is a dumb league. And seeing that Seattle was on a roll going into that game, knowing they were at home in a place that historically... If Seattle is having a great season and they're on a roll, you wouldn't bet against them at home in this game. But yet, the way this league plays out, it was just kind of an obvious Seattle loss. They sh- like they shouldn't win that. Excuse me, they shouldn't lose that game. They should win that game at home. Baltimore shouldn't win that game in Seattle. But the way the NFL works is things that shouldn't happen usually do, especially for teams that have things going their way. And Seattle loses to Baltimore. So I did get that right, taking Baltimore plus three, and I went three and two with my picks. Just a quick breakdown of what I had with my picks in week seven. I did not take Patriots-Jets. The spread going into this one, as I record here on Monday morning, the Patriots still a 10-point favorite against Sam Donald and the Jets. It's at MetLife. I just would stay away from this. Because the Jets do have a good defense. The Patriots are banged up. Josh Gordon has been ruled out. He's got that leg injury that he suffered last week on Thursday Night Football against the Giants. The Patriots sitting there at 6-0. This is a game they should win, no no doubt about it. I don't think think you should pick the Jets. I don't think you should be picking the Jets to win this game. You should absolutely, if you want to pick Moneyline... You know, take the Patriots, put it all on the Patriots to win. They're going to win this game at MetLife tonight. I'd be shocked if the Patriots lose this game to the Jets on Monday Night Football. Uh, But the spread, you know, I could see Sam Donald likes to throw the ball downfield. Yeah, the Patriots defense is great. Uh, They've had a dominant stretch to begin this season at 6-0. But, um... You know, this is a divisional matchup on the road against the good Jets defense. Donald likes to throw the ball. 
could be a couple lucky plays that the Jets get at home. You, you just, to me, I'm, I'm going to stay away. I feel better about staying away from this game. Uh, but I will react to this Patriots-Jets game on Monday Night Football on tomorrow's live stream, every Tuesday. Danny Picard Show Live, DPS Live. It is on YouTube, so subscribe right now, youtube.com slash Danny Picard. And if you got phone calls, I will take them. We have a live call-in uh, screening system, and I'll be taking those calls tomorrow at 10 a.m. reacting to the Patriots-Jets game on Monday Night Football. But like I said, I expect the Patriots to win. Does anybody expect the Patriots to lose this game? I wouldn't think so. The only question is, will they cover? And I do have questions about that which is why I'm just going to stay away. But I'll react to it all on tomorrow's live stream, Tuesday, 10 a.m. Eastern Time, youtube.com slash Danny Picard. The Patriots did not play on Sunday, but they're in the news. And they're in the news because there's controversy, but should this be controversial? Or should this Tom Brady cameo in this Netflix comedy just be something that maybe we get a good laugh, like we laugh at it and move on? Is it possible to just laugh at something and then move on? Can we do that in 2019? Can we do that anymore in this culture of outrage and overreaction? Seemingly, we can't. Now, I was kind of out of the loop all weekend. I was out of town, and when I got back in town, you know, you get caught up on some things. But I did sign on to Twitter for a couple minutes here and there on on Saturday. And I saw some of the stuff that was out there. And you see the press conference that Tom Brady gives. You know the story by now, why Tom Brady's in the news. He's in this Netflix. He makes a cameo on this Netflix show. And he's walking out of a massage parlor. And what is it? Like the happy day massage, happy day spa or something. And... You know, you, you've seen it by now. And Paul Rudd asks him, you know, is this... Oh, Brady asks him, is this your first time? And Paul Rudd's like, no. Is it yours? And Brady turns, gets in his car, and he says, sixth. It's my sixth time. And, you know, we all think the same thing. Robert Kraft, right? That's what everybody thinks of. They think Robert Kraft. And, and... You know, you're not wrong by thinking Robert Kraft. I thought Robert Kraft. I'm sure Robert Kraft thought Robert Kraft. I'm sure everybody on the Patriots and everybody in the NFL thought Robert Kraft, that this was like some type of shot at Robert Kraft. You're not wrong to think that. In fact, you're right on the money. Tom Brady does a press conference. Was it the next day? And standing in front of his locker at Gillette Stadium, he did this. This came out Friday night, and he did the press conference on Saturday. This is, this is so ridiculous that this is such a big story. But you got people like Dan Housley, who's like this hard-hitting investigative reporter on 7 News. And he makes his way down to Gillette Stadium for anything that maybe goes beyond football. And this certainly goes beyond football. And you know the Robert Kraft story with the sex acts in a massage parlor. And, uh, and you combine both of these things... And it's obvious that whoever made this Netflix special and created this se- this episode and this, this cameo from Tom Brady, even though it was written, Tom Brady says written four years ago, um, 
even though, oh no, he said it was agreed to four years ago, and no, it was written four years ago, it was agreed to a year ago, even though Brady agreed to it a year ago, and it was written four years ago, if that's true, when you film it, after the Robert Kraft stuff gets out, I think that the director of this series, or the creator of this series, obviously gets giddy that the scene that he wrote up, the part that he wrote for Tom Brady, whether you believe them or not, I don't even know what to believe. I, I guess I don't care enough about it to even want to believe one thing or the other. Does that make sense? Like, I watched the Brady thing. I thought to myself, oh, boy. I did. I had that reaction. Uh-oh. Right? That's my initial reaction. That's everybody's initial reaction. But then I saw the Brady press conference, and I saw Dan Housley grilling him, and I'm going, what are we doing here? What are we doing? We're going to crucify Brady for this? Like, is it possible in the brain of someone like Dan Housley, who, again, is like this local Boston investigative reporter, who's not a sports reporter, he's, he's not. Like, he'll be in Washington tomorrow. I'm talking about something with Trump. Or something political. You know, the Democratic debate. Something. He, he won't be in Gillette Stadium next week. Who knows when the next time he'll be at Gillette Stadium. He might not be at Gillette Stadium again for the next three years. But he shows up, and I'm watching this press conference, and Brady's just in damage control at this point. Because it's obvious, he, they said he filmed this after the Robert Kraft situation came out. He said he filmed it on a green screen. But I still think he knew, I still think he probably knew what was going on. Right? But is it possible even in like Dan Housley's brain or in anybody's brain that maybe everybody got a good laugh out of this and kind of moved on? What happened with Kraft happened. And I guarantee you that a lot of people thought maybe that was funny. And a lot of people then thought Tom Brady's cameo was funny. Like, we, we overreact and we get so outraged over everything that I think we've lost all joy in life with anything that could be just a little entertaining. We're so sensitive and we want to just jump all over anybody who makes the, the smallest, even if, even if it's not a mistake and we think it might be a mistake, we're like, ah, he was wrong to do this. He's wrong to do that. Let's go grill him. Let's put it on Twitter. You know, let's make a bigger deal out of this. Let's turn this into this huge issue. And that's what we've done with Tom Brady and this cameo that he made on Netflix. I don't, I don't care to watch this series. I don't care to watch the whole episode. I saw the one part where he walks out of the massage parlor, which you think, like, is kind of a shot at craft, but at the same time is meant to be funny. <laughs> it's meant to be entertaining. I can almost guarantee you that everybody on that Patriots team thought that was funny. I'm wondering if maybe Robert Kraft even thought it was funny because from Kraft's perspective, it's like, well, what's done is done. You know, he got, he, he was at a massage parlor receiving sex acts. He's not the first human on earth to have this happen to him. It's just that he's in such a position of power. When I knocked Robert Kraft to that situation, I, I knocked him for being, I knocked him for stupidity. Like, why are you walking into a, a, a strip mall massage parlor in the first place, <laughs> right? <laughs> Didn't make sense to me. It was just stupidity. Um, but 
Is it possible to everybody and everybody's brains that Brady did this and everybody just thought it was funny? Like, can we... Like, here's how I look at it. Well, it was funny. I had that initial, like, oh, you know, Kraft had his moment coming out, you know, getting caught at the massage parlor. But this is funny. And then I moved on. And then I moved on, and that was it. You know, you have a couple questions, like, oh, wow, what, what does this mean? But does it mean anything? Other than this is entertainment? And there are a lot of people that actually behind the scenes think this is funny? But even today, like on Sports Talk Radio today, on Monday, they're they're breaking it down. Why are we breaking this down? I had the audio. I was going to play the audio for you, and I'm just like, I don't even think I want to do it. I don't even think I want to play the audio for you. And I'm probably spending too much time on it now, but like, man... At the end of the day, I think it's funny. And then I move on with my life. Is, is that an issue to people? To think this is funny and then move on with my life? Is it an issue to people if there are Patriots players that thought that was funny and then they just move on to football? Is there an issue with people if Tom Brady did this thinking, this is going to be funny. What's done is done. We move on. Then we, it's funny. We laugh. Everybody gets entertained. And then we move on to football which is supposed to be the ultimate entertainment that Tom Brady provides. People are like, oh, maybe he shouldn't have done this. I'm like, ah. You know what? Maybe he shouldn't, but who cares? He did it. It's over. It was funny. It was funny. I laughed, and then I moved on. But when people who are important, like media members, this is where Brady gets into crushing the media, and the media gets all bent out of shape, and they get their panties in a bunch. Like, oh, you can't blame the media. Like, it's obvious what you were, t- you know, the shot you were trying to throw. So what? It was, it was supposed to be funny, I think, more than it was trying to be a shot. For all we know, Kraft and Brady have joked about the massage parlor thing behind the scenes. Are people ruling that out? But people get on Twitter. People who have important views and opinions and who are reporters and they they make leaps, right? They're like, well, it could imply this, it could imply a rift, it could imply it, it could imply that maybe Brady is mad about his contract. Like <laughs> that's what we do. And you just need a couple people to do that to get someone like Dan Housley, who's an investigative reporter, to get someone like his antennas to go up and go. Oh, we got something here. Let's go to Gillette tomorrow. Let's spend our weekend at Gillette Stadium. Right? Let's get some fingerprints down there. Ah, Dan Housley standing there going, yeah, but, you know, in the USA Today, like, he he references the USA Today. This is how... This this guy is is on a different planet. Like, I just feel like I'm on a different planet with this story. I just don't even care. I don't like. I don't give a shit about this story. Like I had the initial reaction, and then I laughed, and then I moved on. Dan Housley's like, "Let's get to the bottom of this." That reaction is a reaction I will never be able to relate to. I have no idea. I don't know how you jump to that reaction. I'm on a different planet than Dan Housley. We live on different planets. I don't know how he arrived on the same planet I'm on, or I don't know how I arrived on the same planet he's on, but the way we react to things is so completely different that there's no way me and him are the same species. 
with the same things going on between our ears. There's no way we have the same things in our heads. He's got something different than me. I don't know what it is. I can't relate to him. He can't relate to me. These investigative reporters, this is why I don't get worked up in the the, the political game and, and like politics and political news. These people are all, to me, they're all aliens. I can't relate to them. I don't know. And even the media, you know, I get it. I guess I'm part of the media. I've been there. I've been a reporter. I've been caught up myself at times into maybe overreacting to stuff, but I've never had the thought of with a situation like this, something that's meant to be entertaining, given the fact that it is linked to something that the owner of the team did and got caught doing in the grand scheme of things, I I, I just, I, I didn't get to a point where I'm like, let's investigate. <laughs> let's investigate. At the end of the day, I think it's funny. And then I moved on with my life. Dan Housley didn't. He wants to get to the bottom of it. And he's on set, he, he, he's, he's on... His planet is so distant from my planet, the planet I live on, that he still thinks the USA Today is relevant. He's like, well, you know, they say in the USA Today that it's a shot of crap. Does Dan Housley understand that as somebody like myself who is entertained with the NFL, who is entertained with football and professional sports, that Dan Housley and the USA Today are both irrelevant in my life? (laughs) <laughs> and yet he feels the need to show up, put a microphone in front of Tom Brady's face and go, can you tell me about the, the USA Today story? It's like, dude, nobody gives a shit about the USA Today. When's the last time you saw a USA Today? I didn't even know it still existed. Dan Housley thinks not only is he relevant, but he also thinks the USA Today is relevant. We, th- this is... I mentioned Twitter a few minutes minutes ago. This is a Twitter problem. Like, when I always say that Twitter is the biggest issue in the world, this is a perfect example of it. If Twitter didn't exist, would Dan Housley be at Tom Brady's locker on Saturday at Gillette Stadium as the team gets ready for a Monday night football game against the Jets? Would he? Would Dan Housley be at Gillette Stadium on Saturday if Twitter didn't exist? The answer is no. No way. No way. A couple people go on Twitter, question the cameo, question the meaning of it, and then Dan Housley's antennas go up and he has to go and create (laughs) a, a, a segment or an interview or a report like that. And, um, man, it's just, it's not just a Twitter problem. It's a problem with our society, right? Just, it is. I don't even think it's a Tom Brady problem. It's, it's, we take everything so seriously that we live in a world we just can't enjoy, we can't enjoy anything. We really can't. We can't enjoy anything. And when we do Enjoy, like I'm trying to put this into the words that, that make sense. When we do enjoy something, we when we think we enjoy something, we can't just enjoy it. We have to, we live in a world where we have to let everybody know we enjoy it, right? Which takes away from the, from the genuine enjoyment of it all. Like Instagram is a perfect example. 
And, and same thing with Twitter. It's just social media in general. If you enjoy something and you're like, wow, I'm having fun. I enjoy this. You don't just think these, you don't just embrace the genuine enjoyment. You say, wow, I'm enjoying this. I want to let everybody know how much I'm, I'm enjoying it. Which when you do that, it takes away from your genuine enjoyment. And it's, it's that when you, we're enjoying the Tom Brady, people who enjoyed the, maybe the Tom Brady cameo. Wow, this is good. Let me tell everybody about it. Let me show everybody about it. And you throw it up on Twitter. You throw it on social media. And then you get people to question it. It's like everything is just questioned by people. I don't know. Maybe that's not the right way to explain what my thought process is on, on how Twitter is such an issue in our world, how social media is such a big issue. But things like this lead to people, you know, when we see everybody's thoughts on everything, people who are irrelevant in our lives, and we we have to, their thoughts get retweeted or, or shared and thrown in our face at all times, you know, thoughts and opinions that we would never see if social media didn't exist. You know, it opens the door when everybody sees that stuff. It opens the door for a couple prominent figures to who think maybe differently than someone else to, to who, 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 you know, is, is maybe a little more sensitive than someone else to, to open the door, open in a can of worms and create this issue with something. Which leads to Dan Housley showing up at Gillette Stadium. <laughs> like, I just, it's so fucking stupid. I just hate the world we live in. I really do. Like, what are we doing? You know, Tom Brady, he, he makes his comment, and I get it. It can be like, eh, Tom, I mean, I think we all get what you were doing. But he's, it's damage control. It's a tough spot for him. He, fi- he filmed it after the craft thing. Yeah, there was a green screen. He probably knew what he was doing. I, I I think a lot of people think what Kraft got caught for is funny. Like, I, as sensitive as a lot of people might be, and they're like, that's wrong, Danny. They can't think that. I think that's just real. That's just real life. And I think Tom Brady probably thinks that, you know, an old man at a massage parlor getting sex acts might be funny. I'm not, I'm not necessarily saying it's Tom Brady's place to stand there and be a comedian about it, but he's done other, he's made other cameos in commercials where he's been funny. It's clear that, that he enjoys providing entertainment. And I think there's probably more people that found the craft story comical, especially after the fact where you're like, oh, it's done is done. Brady filmed something on it. I think he probably knew what was going on. And I think he probably didn't believe that it was this major shot at at a guy that, for all we know, he's joked about this with Kraft, but now it's damage control, he's in a tough spot, and he's got Dan Housley in his face trying to get his fucking fingerprints. Dan Housley's sniffing Tom Brady's underwear to make sure that he's telling the truth on this one. Ah. Uh, ah. Uh, I, you know, I can't believe that this was a story and still is, but yet I can. But yet I totally can. Because we, as a society, cannot enjoy anything. And that's a huge problem. And it might be the biggest problem in our world today. We can't enjoy anything. We can't. 
And just when you think maybe we can, Dan Housley's on the scene to get to the bottom of it. That's 2019 in a nutshell, folks. That's what it is. But, um, I don't know. I, 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 I've, I've thought about this for way too long about what my reaction is and how I should, how I should break it down. Should I break it down? Should I even mention it? Like I, I, then I just hear all these other people talking about it. I'm like, guys, let's just move on. Like, can't we just think something's funny and move on? I did. So we'll move on. I can't keep saying let's move on and not move on. So we'll move on. My top five takeaways from week seven in the NFL. Uh, Number one, just from Sunday slate. Again, I'll break down the Patriots Jets tomorrow on the live stream on YouTube. But number one from, and not just Sunday slate, I guess number one is going back to Thursday night football. Chiefs Broncos. Chiefs beat the Broncos. But a major injury in that one. Patrick Mahomes dislocated kneecap on the QB sneak. Don't blame the play call. Like, QB sneaks work. I don't like when they do them. I don't like when Brady does them, but they work. They work. And Patrick Mahomes did. He dislocated his kneecap, and he's going to be out for a few weeks. The way they're making it sound, it sounds like Kansas City dodged a bullet. I think the problem is the Chiefs' next two games are pretty tough. Against Green Bay and against Minnesota. Now, both of these games are in Kansas City. But they're going to have Matt Moore as the quarterback. Patrick Mahomes is going to miss, his, miss a couple weeks. But I think when we first saw that, when I first saw that in Thursday Night Football, where they're snapping Mahomes' knee back in a place, I thought to myself, oh, like that, this could be a season-ending one. Like there could be ligament damage underneath there. And But it sounds like now with Mahomes and the way they're reacting to it is that he could be back in a couple weeks. That this is not major. I think they need to take it one week at a time. Like, if they somehow can pull out a win against Green Bay, I don't think they're going to do that. Kansas City's 5-2. and two. They're in first place in the AFC West. Uh, I'll get to the other teams in the division, which is a good thing for Kansas City that, that, you know, the rest of the division is really not that good. But, you know, if they could somehow win one of the next two against Green Bay and Minnesota, it probably they have a better chance in the second one against Minnesota. I don't think they're going to be Green Bay. I think Green Bay, you know, Green Bay, I think, has a chance to whoop Kansas City in Week 8. I think they could whoop Kansas City. Minnesota, they've been putting up points too, but um, I think Kansas City will have a better chance to beat Minnesota than they have Green Bay. You know, if they can win one of the next two, then maybe in a couple weeks you think to yourself, all right, Mahomes is ready. I wouldn't rush it, though. Like, you can't rush it if you're Kansas City because you do have to keep an eye on the future. And even next year to an extent. Like, you don't want to throw him into a game against Minnesota in two weeks. Have him not be ready to return and then make it worse. And next thing you know, he's going to have knee surgery. And he's, then next thing you know, he's missing like the first three or four weeks of next season. Like, no, no, no. You don't want it to come to that. So you do got to be careful. But that's the top story, right? Mahomes goes down. And there were already questions with the Chiefs anyways. They did win the game on Thursday night, so they are 5-2. and two. The good thing for Kansas City is a couple of good things. One, it does look like they dodged a bullet. The other good thing is that they're 5-2, and two, and, and behind them, Oakland's 3-3. Three and three, And their schedule is kind of tough. They play against Houston. They're in Houston, and then they play against Detroit. This is Oakland. Oakland plays Houston and Detroit. Oakland is not going to be Houston. And they might have a tough time against Detroit. 
Oakland's coming off a loss to Green Bay. Oakland's 3-3. Three and three. I don't think Oakland is going to go on this run and take over the division. So that's a good thing for Kansas City. And then you would, you would have thought that the Chargers, given the season they had last year, that they would be the team that would be able to sneak up and steal first place now that Patrick Mahomes is going to miss a couple weeks. But the Chargers stink. They're 2-5. They've lost three straight. They lost that game to Tennessee yesterday where they had how many, how many tries did they have to get the ball over the damn goal line? Wow, Melvin Gordon looks soft on, the, on a couple of those. I thought the first one, was it Eckler? They passed it to him. I thought, was it a pass? You know, it was the longer run up the middle, the first one they challenged. I thought he got in that one. I thought, I thought you could have ruled that. They said his backside hit the ground. I thought that was a touchdown still. And then Gordon couldn't get in a couple times. And then he fumbled on the second one. Tennessee got the ball back. Um, you know, that's that's on the charges, man. That like that is typical charge of football, not getting in the end zone there. Not getting in the end zone there. Man, like you just gotta get in. And and they couldn't do it. That's embarrassing. So the charges, they're not they're two and five. They lost three straight. So the good thing for Kansas City is their defense is not. Their, de- their defense, their their division is not having a a, a good go of it. Who did I miss? Oh, Denver. They're two and five. They just beat Denver. So I mean, uh, Kansas City. I don't. Uh, well, in a vacuum, Patrick Mahomes dislocates his kneecap. That could be horrible news. But considering it does sound like they dodged the bullet with the actual injury and the severity of it, and also their division being bad. It's not the end of the world for Kansas City. But the Patrick Mahomes injury is definitely number one on the list of storylines here after week seven. Number two is sticking with the AFC. The Houston Texans, they just don't want the number two seed. They don't want it. They don't want it. Mahomes goes down. Houston, you know, they're on a little bit of a roll. I thought they'd go on a run. Houston's coming off a couple big wins. They're coming off a big win over Kansas City when Mahomes was healthy. They go to Indianapolis. They lose to the Colts. Houston does not want the number two seed. And now Houston is four and three. They're in second place in their division. Indy is in first place. The Colts are four and two. Maybe I should say that the the number two takeaway from week seven is that the Indianapolis Colts do want the number two seed in the AFC. How about Jacoby Brissett? Colts beat the Texans. Jacoby Brissett, four touchdown passes, no interceptions, zero interceptions. If Jacoby Brissett keeps this up, and by the way, he's second in the league in touchdown passes, Jacoby Brissett. Matt Ryan, Russell Wilson, and Mahomes are all in the lead with 15 touchdowns. Brissett is in second with 14 touchdowns. Aaron Rodgers, who just had five touchdown passes against the Raiders on Sunday, Rodgers only has 13 touchdown passes. Brissett, 14 touchdown passes, and only three interceptions in six games. Brissett, because they've already had the bye, he's played one less game than those guys I just mentioned, than Matt Ryan, Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes, and Aaron Rodgers. If Jacoby Brissett keeps this up, he is going to be in the MVP conversation. The question is, can he keep it up? I don't know. I am shocked by what Indianapolis is doing, to be honest. At first, I was surprised, and now I'm just kind of shocked. And what the Colts are doing and what they look like. Because 
And I had Mike Giotti of the NFL Network on my live stream last week, and he mentioned this about the Colts. I was talking Houston, Kansas City, and I told them that I think Houston is the team that that is is the most dangerous team to go up against the Patriots at some point, whether it's and they do play later this regular season, but also maybe in the AFC Championship. I I told them that I think Houston is the toughest opponent. He said Indy, and I was like, wow, I didn't expect you to say that. But at the same time, I didn't expect Indy to look this good. And I did not expect Indy to beat Houston. And they did. And I did not expect Jacoby Brissett to be there through week seven at number two in the league in touchdown passes. Like, that is just... Think about it. With the Colts, you go back to the Andrew Luck retirement. How does Andrew Luck feel right now? <laughs> like, How's Andrew Luck feeling? How's Andrew Luck feeling? Maybe he's feeling great because he doesn't have to play football anymore. doesn't have to take a beating anymore. He actually feels healthy. Maybe he feels great with that. But you know the competitor in him, there's got to be part of him that's like, damn, they're winning without me? Damn. And the Colts look good without him. The Colts, they're in a battle for a first-round buy in the AFC, and that's a real thing for them. That's a real thing. So uh, that's number two is that... Maybe I misspoke. I said Houston doesn't want the number two seed in the AFC. Maybe I should have said Indianapolis wants the number two seed in the AFC. But let's see what happens to the Colts here moving forward. Um, but there are other, there are other teams for that for that number two seed in the contention for that number two seed and in contention for that number two seed. Also, you got Baltimore. They get their third straight win. They win in Seattle. They're now five and two. And then you got Buffalo. <laughs> How about Buffalo at five and one? Is anybody paying attention? Has there ever been a five and one team that's been that's that's received less attention than the Buffalo Bills? I mean, kind of for good reason. On paper, like they're not the sexiest team. They don't have the biggest names in the league, but they got a good defense. They have a young quarterback uh, who we think is only going to get better. You know, they got rid of LaShawn McCoy. You know, Buffalo is. They're five and one. They don't receive really any attention. They've won two straight. Um, they gave the Patriots a game. They only lost to the Patriots by six points back in week four in Buffalo. They play the Patriots again in week 16 at Gillette Stadium. But man, I mean, the Buffalo Bills, nobody's talking about them. They're five and one. They're five and one. The only problem for Buffalo is the Patriots are six and all. Oh. But I, I think on paper, like, we live in such a fantasy football, daily fantasy, DraftKings league, like, like draft, like, we live in that, that, that daily fantasy sports world where we're obsessed with the big names and the big name players. The Bills are kind of, do they have many of those guys? Not really, right? So I think that's why they get overlooked. So that's why I say maybe for good reason. But they're at five and one, and and you talk about if you do want to talk about teams that mathematically have a shot to get the number two seed behind the number one seed Patriots in the AFC, as we get close to the midway point of the season, then you got to talk about the five and one Bills. You got to mention them at least. So there it is. There's the mention. Bills are five and one. Um, number three. Let's go to the NFC. Green Bay wins. New Orleans wins. Minnesota wins, and San Fran wins. San Francisco remains undefeated. 
Uh, they just barely beat Washington, a rainy day in D.C., 9-0. Low-scoring game there. Um, San Fran, 6-0. and all. Uh, New Orleans, 6-1. and one. Green Bay, 6-1. and one. And Minnesota is 5-2. and two. So you get an absolute dogfight still for the number one seed. I do think, though, that this number three takeaway is Aaron Rodgers making a statement. 420, 420 pass yards against Oakland, five touchdowns. I told you he was going to have a big day. I, I got this one right. Uh, I think Green Bay's making a statement. Aaron Rodgers making a statement. They're 6-1. and one. Minnesota is right up there behind in that division, but... Green Bay right now looks like they're for real. And in a league in which you see so many teams that look like they're for real and then lose, for instance, Seattle, lose it at home. Green Bay is a team that right now, you know, they gave Oakland that reality check. I told you they would do that, and they did. And Aaron Rodgers just makes a statement, which which he says, yeah, you know, we lost some guys offensively. We're banged up, but... You know, I'm still Aaron Rodgers. We got a new coach, but, um, you know, we're going to make a run this year. I think Green Bay has made a statement. They're for real, and they're going to make a run. And right now they're 6-1, and one, and Aaron Rodgers is playing great. Uh, so I think that's number three in the NFC. Out of all the teams that are battling for that number one seed, that won, I think Aaron Rodgers made the biggest statement. Basically saying, hey, we're for real. Maybe we don't end up with the one seed, but we're going to end up with a first-round bye. And uh, we're going to be playing conference championship weekend. I, I think that's that's the statement that Green Bay is making right now. And I think that's number three. Number four. All eyes. Sticking with the NFC. All eyes now on Drew Brees. Because the Saints have proven to be Patriots self. Right? It's next man up. And they did it again in Chicago on Sunday. No Brees once again. So Teddy Bridgewater still running the show offensively. And then no Kamara. Alvin Kamara was is banged up. He's injured. He missed the game. But yet here are the Saints going on the road against the Chicago defense that was only allowing, what, like 13 points a game going into that? And you go on the road in Chicago and you put up 36 points and you beat the Bears 36-25. And once again, the Saints win. They've won five straight. They're 6-1. And the and now the story is Drew Brees is getting set for a return. All eyes on Drew Brees. Right? And I know some people might want to question whether or not the Saints should even make that move. And I think if you're questioning that, you're an idiot. You obviously go back to Drew Brees. Teddy Bridgewater has done a nice job. It turned out to be a great move for the organization. I think it says a lot about Teddy Bridgewater to be prepared for this. It says a lot about New Orleans coaching staff. I do not think Teddy Bridgewater is going to put up a stink because I think Teddy Bridgewater, at the end of the day, knows what he has done here in the last five weeks is he has made a statement to the rest of the league, which is, I'm a starting quarterback, and not only am I a starting quarterback, I can be one of the best starting quarterbacks in this league, and I can lead a team to a division championship. I can lead a team to a potential top seed in the conference, in the NFC, right? I can lead a team to a potential first-round bye. I'm a, I'm a starting quarterback in this league, and I'm better than 
more than half the starting quarterbacks in the league right now. And I think that's the, the point that Teddy Bridgewater has proven. And so he should not hang his head if he has to head back to the bench, and he is going to have to head back to the bench. The question is when. Will Drew Brees be ready to play in Week 8? There have been reports that he might be able to return in Week 8. Uh, if it's not Week 8, it's going to be the week after that. It's going to be the next game after that. But anyone questioning whether or not they should go back to Drew Brees, eh, I think you sound like an idiot. That You have to go back to Drew Brees. He's your guy. And you just need to applaud Bridgewater. You know, and from the outside, we should applaud New Orleans and the way they were able to utilize the next man up approach and still win. We're used to seeing it here in New England. Around the rest of the league, not so much. But New Orleans, kind of proven right now to be Patriots South. And Patriots South should still go back to Drew Brees when he gets healthy. And so all eyes will now be on Drew Brees to see when he will be back for the 6-1 and one New Orleans Saints. And then the number five takeaway, week seven, the Rams beat the Falcons in Atlanta. And it's a game that I think people had an eye on because of the trade deadline coming up next week. The trade deadline is going to be October 29th. It's going to be next Tuesday, a week from this Tuesday. And a lot of people are going to be talking about Atlanta. Is Atlanta going to sell? Well, what was it going to look like this week against the Rams? What was it going to look like against the Rams? The Rams beat Atlanta in Atlanta, and now you get the Rams at 4-3. and three. Uh, You know, the Rams are still going to battle now for a wild card. And who knows? You know, San Fran could, could go in a funk, and Seattle could lose a couple games, and the Rams could be right back in the, uh, the division race in the NFC West. I do not rule that out. The Rams have so much talent. I think that could happen. So the Rams win a game they should win against the Falcons team that a lot of people are expecting to make some trades and sell some some key pieces. You talk about Sanu, maybe uh, the tight end there, Hooper, maybe some other players. I don't know that we're not talking about, right? That Atlanta could sell. But Atlanta loses. They're 1-6. And, and now we, I think teams are going to try to pick apart their roster at the trade deadline next week. So that's why I think it's a take. It's a big takeaway to see what the Falcons were going to do, where they're at as an organization. And I think this loss to the Rams confirms, if anybody did even have questions about it, it confirms that they're done and they're probably going to ship off some pieces. And here in New England, we will have our eye on some of those rumors. Though I did tell you last week that there's been so much trade shadow with this Patriots team. I actually think that nothing's going to happen. I hope I'm wrong because the Patriots... I'd like to see them add a receiver. Maybe it's Emmanuel Sanders. I would absolutely take him. Denver, right now, you know, they're coming off that loss on Thursday night football to Kansas City, and that looked bad. Even when Mahomes goes down, they still lose that game. And so that game was in Denver. They lost 30-6. to You know, Emmanuel Sanders, I think a little banged up, but they're 2-5. and five. The Broncos are 2-5. and five. Maybe that's a trade they make. You probably won't have to give up a first-round pick. Though I still wonder. I know if everybody's told me that. I still wonder. Because you get a lot of big names. Like Jalen Ramsey gets traded. Um, we've seen a couple of big names get moved. For multiple first-round picks. So what's... If teams are giving up two first-round picks for a big-name player... 
is the market now one first-round pick for someone like Emmanuel Sanders? And I know people say, no, Danny, there's no way you'd have to give up that much. I guess I just wonder, the market is the market value for some of these guys is so high that, you know, maybe a second-round pick. Like, is that too much for Emmanuel Sanders? But is that what they'll ask for? Will teams get desperate? We'll see. It's an exciting time for the NFL trade deadline. That's for sure. I just don't think the Patriots are going to make a move that we want to see them make. I hope I'm wrong. I just, I don't think they're going to do it. I don't. I think they're going to try to get Josh Gordon back. I think they're going to try to get the rookie there, uh, Nikhil Harry, into the into the fold at some point here soon. You know, we'll see what Ben Watson can provide. They've re-signed him. Maybe if they do anything, they trade Michael Bennett. But I think we're putting too much value on him. Like, we've thrown his name into trade chatter. And I'm like, I don't know. Are we, putting, are, are, are we pumping him up to be somebody he's not? Right? Um, We'll see. We'll see. We got a lot of time to talk about it and break it down, but I, I'd rather just react to it because I think the more we preview it and and get all psyched up about a potential big move the Patriots could make, the more we talk about it, the more I take a step back and go, is it realistic the Patriots give up something, give up a high draft pick to get to get a piece that, you know, that they could probably win without anyways, given how good this defense is? So when I think of that, and I try to be realistic about it, I think to myself, eh, maybe don't waste your time analyzing or predicting big trades, knowing that they probably won't make one, (laughs) right? They probably won't make one. I hope I'm wrong, because I hope they do make one. But eh, if I had to put my money on it, I'd say, no, they won't. They won't make one. Uh, But that's that's the NFL. That's week seven. I will be watching this Patriots-Jets game tonight, and again, I'll react to it on the live stream tomorrow. And then you got the World Series tomorrow night on Tuesday night. World Series is going to begin. I I did say going into the postseason that Houston would would get to the World Series, but I told you they'd lose to the Dodgers, so I got it wrong because the Dodgers are not in the World Series. It's the Washington Nationals game one in Houston tomorrow night on Tuesday night. This game is at eight o'clock on Fox. Garrett Cole going for Houston. He has had a magical stretch right now. And then you got Washington. Right now on Major League Baseball's website, it says TBD for Washington starters. But I am pretty confident that they're going to go with Max Scherzer in game one. Right? I think that's what they're going to do. The Nationals. So it should be Cole, Scherzer, game one. I last week I butchered the end of the Houston Yankees series with the postponement and lining up the pitching staff for the Yankees. I I butchered it. I'm sorry about that. I thought afterwards and I'm like, and I I just completely forgot that when they pushed back and postponed uh, that game in in the Bronx with rain, I just completely forgot that they wouldn't postpone and push back the entire series. So basically, there was no day off in between games five and six when it went from New York to Houston. And in my brain, it told me that everything gets pushed back, but I was wrong on that. And so I butchered the way the Yankees could have used their game seven pitching, you know, their game seven rotation and their game seven pitching staff. But it didn't matter. It didn't get to it. Ultimately, it didn't matter. Me being wrong didn't matter because it didn't get to a game seven. Altuve finished it off after LeMayu tied it up. 
and that was dramatic. But when Altuve was at the plate there and Chapman was on the mound, you just knew. You just knew. You knew Altuve was going to end it. I thought he might put one in the gap and they would score the runner from first, but he puts it in the seats and he hits the walk-off home run. But you knew it. You knew Altuve was going to end that, right? You knew it. Uh, So Houston moves on. They play the Nationals game one of the World Series tomorrow on Tuesday, October 22nd. And my prediction for it is I just have a tough time betting against Houston at this point, right? Cole, Verlander, and I know Washington. Look, you're going to see some great pitching matchups in this series. Anybody who's like, oh, the Astros and the Nationals, this is boring. Then you don't, I mean, what, you don't like dominant pitching? You don't like elite pitching, head-to-head matchups? I don't know what to tell you. Then you're never going to like baseball. Then you're never going to like the World Series because the pitching matchups you're going to see in this one are as good as you get. This is going to be as good as you get from from a starting pitching perspective on both sides when you match them up head-to-head. And so I'm excited to watch this. I'm excited to watch this. So uh, I will react accordingly as this World Series plays out. And, yeah, and then when that's over, we'll get into some baseball offseason stuff with the Red Sox to see what they're up to and what they're going to be doing moving forward as we keep an eye on the Mookie Betts situation, obviously. But uh, with the World Series, just because the Red Sox are not in it, I will not ignore it. So, like I said, I'll react accordingly. I will be live streaming tomorrow on Tuesday at 10 a.m. Make sure you join me on YouTube. Again, hit subscribe, youtube.com slash Danny Picard. We have a live phone line if you want to call, give your thoughts on the Patriots. Um, I'll take your phone calls if you have them. But I got to react to the Patriots-Jets. I say Patriots win. I'm not sure if they'll cover, so I would just stay away. Uh, I know you could say, maybe, you know, if you if I put a if you put a gun to my head and said you got to take either the Pats minus ten or the Jets plus ten, what would you take? Well, I'd take the Patriots minus ten if if you put a gun to my head, but you're not. And I can I think it's a wise decision to stay away. Okay? Stay away. But I'll react to it on the live stream tomorrow. And then I'll be back on Tuesday here on Podcast One to make my picks for week eight in the NFL. And of course, like I said, react to anything that happens in the World Series and in the world of sports because the Bruins are playing. Uh the NBA begins their regular season this week. So the Celtics will be in action as I I hope we can, you know, get into some basketball and and kind of stop talking about their relationship with China. We all know and that it's about money and, you know, that story is going to continue to to move forward for the people that want to continue to investigate it. But I guess I just accept that we're living in a world where these pro sports leagues are going to side with money over anything that's going on in the world. And uh, I'll break down what happens on the court as the NBA gets set for their regular season. Enjoy the rest of your week, everybody. Again, live stream tomorrow, another podcast on Thursday. So I will talk to you soon. See you.